Welcome to the Whistle Way Podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle, your host with Whistle Realty Group and EXP Realty in San Diego. And I am Brian Kochi, Director of Media here at Whistle Realty Group. The goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics to go out there and crush it in your business. The way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. So if you have a question you'd like to have answered on the show, you can always go to thewhistleway.com. You can ask us questions on there, subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel, join our referral network and email newsletter, and get details on our Media Mayor Mastermind course, which is everything Brian and I have learned about shooting videos the last seven plus years together, all in a nice little package. There's an online version and soon to be an in-person version. Again. Again. Yeah, buddy. I'm excited to, uh, to get to go or get together to do this. Um, if you enjoy the show today, if you're listening on a podcast platform, make sure to hook us up with a review on there. That goes a really long way to spread the word about the show. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure to hit the thumbs up button, let YouTube know you're enjoying the show and hit the subscribe button and notification bell. So you get notified when we drop future episodes of the show and we do a lot of other videos on there too. So make sure to uh, get dialed in with that. All right, Brian, what's the question for the day? The question or I guess the word of the day is forbearance. I want to talk today about forbearance, about kind of three different distinct categories. Um, I guess forbearance coming to an end. One is, what does that mean if you're listening to this and you your forbearance is coming to an end and maybe need help with it? Two, what happens if your clients are in that situation? And three, what happen, how do you explain this situation to potential future clients? Okay. Um, people that have been on the fence. Okay. Which one do you want to attack first? I'll start with you. So if, if you your home is currently in forbearance and forbearance is about to end here anywhere between the next 24 hours and 24 years, uh, it, at some point it will be over. Is this supposed to end tomorrow? I don't know. Okay. It could I don't be. Know. It changes all the time, I, right? I haven't looked at in any information, but it could okay. be. Maybe it's already over. I don't know. Okay. But if, if the government mandated forbearance is no longer and now they can start um, foreclosing on homes... What do you do? Okay. So first thing is forbearance. Hopefully you've enjoyed uh, the opportunity that's been presented. I know there's a lot of people who needed it and awesome. I hope this helped you stay in your home and some of you just took advantage of the opportunity. And I mean, hey, I, mean, I don't totally blame you. So uh, if the government's handing out money or, or helping you keep money in your pocket and you chose to take advantage of it, hey, I'm, who am I? I'm pretty sure I've taken advantage of some of those things in the past. So I'm, <laughs> I, I, I cannot <laughs> be a hypocrite and uh, call anybody out on that. So um, so if you're in that scenario, if you have forbearance, your forbearance is coming to an end. It's uh, very probable that your bank should be reaching out to you, letting you know that your forbearance is coming to an end. And they should be letting you know what are your options. Um, and so there's going to be a variety of options that are going to be available to you. Uh, first and foremost, I want to make sure you understand that your forbearance ending does not mean you're about to get foreclosed on. Um, the good thing in the, what is it, probably 18 months that you have not made a payment, your value has risen substantially depending on the market that you're in. Um, here in San Diego, in the last 18 months, values have jumped over 30%. So uh, you're in good shape to where the uh, yes, you maybe didn't make your payment of a few thousand dollars a month for 18 straight months, but the good news is your property value jumped probably like a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars in the last 18 months. It's funny, on Tom and point. I both shake our heads. Me, because I'm I'm blown away about how much equity I've gained. Tom, because he's like, damn it, I want to buy a house. Yeah. So it's nuts. It, it's pretty crazy. So, um, you know, if you're in a situation now where 
you don't have a job, right? Maybe you're in one of those fields that's still affected COVID, you know, eliminated your job, whatever the case may be, and you just don't have the income um, and you can't afford that mortgage anymore. And the bank's like, well, hey, forbearance is up. You got to start paying. Well, you may need to explore selling that home. And the good news is when you go um, and connect with a good agent who uh, sits down with you and, and listens to your situation, they're going to realize that, hey, Brian, you've got, <laughs> yeah, it sucks that you can't make the mortgage, but how do you feel about putting a couple hundred thousand dollars in your pocket tax-free? Yeah, that so, might help the uh, no job situation. Yeah, that <laughs> might take some of the sting away. So uh, one of the options is going to just be selling your house and pocketing. We know whatever equity you still have in that house. And odds are you probably have a decent amount of it if you have owned it for 18 plus months. Um, so that's going to be option number one. Option number two, now depending on the bank, some of the banks are going to say, hey, those 18 months of payments you didn't make, we need them all in 30 days, which is obviously unrealistic. Um, so when you're in that scenario, I don't think very many people who have not made a payment in 18 months have actually been like sitting the money aside for 18 months. They've been spending it because that's, I mean, why not? Well, and they've been um, probably utilizing it for some some people at least have been using it for stuff they need. They don't have the job. They need extra child care. There's, there's yeah, expenses. Anyway. For sure. So uh, if you're in a scenario where the bank's like, hey, you need to make this whole payment now, again, you could sell or you could just refinance. The interest rates on mortgages are you know in the twos again right now. So one of the options is assuming you were more on the taking advantage of it side than the needing it side, you actually have stable employment. You have good income. Um, but the bank says you need to give us the hundred thousand dollars you failed to pay us over the last twelve or eighteen months. You could just say, "Oh, or I'll just refinance it." And so you could go and talk to a lender and refinance it. And you might even get a a lower rate than what you had going into COVID. So that's <laughs> going to be an option: is just to refinance it to lower your mo- add money to the loan, lower your interest rate, and also probably lower your monthly payment. Eh, that might be tough, but it could happen. Depends on what your rate was going into it, but it's possible. Sure. I mean, it, it's definitely possible. So uh, that's going to be one of your options. Um, let's see. The other options that you're going to have coming out of this thing is just to pay back whatever you need and start making your payments again. Um, right? A lot, most of the banks realize there's nobody has 18 months of payments set aside. So they're just going to say, hey, your free ride's over. You got to start making payments. Um, and don't they usually, I think when I, I did it for a couple months, my wife got furloughed and the first, I think two or three months, we didn't know what was going on. Uh, so we did it for a couple months and then I think they just put that at the end of the loan for, for us. Most of the time they will. Yeah. yeah. So they'll just put it at the end of it. Um, so we still owed the money. It wasn't a free ride. It was just a yeah. temporary pause. But at least you got to keep that money in your pocket and pay for bills or yeah. go travel or buy a boat or something like RV, whatever everybody else did. Um, whatever so, everyone else said, Kyle bought an RV. Kyle, uh-huh. I didn't buy a boat, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I did not take forbearance. Um, I, I paid my payments all the way through. I don't know why, but I did. Um, so, I mean, those are really going to be your primary options. You're either going to sell the house, you're going to refinance the house, or you're going to start making your payments again. Um, and if you just do nothing, that's how you end up in a foreclosure situation where you just don't make the payments and you do nothing and you, this is how a lot of the people that ended up having to short sell their house or got foreclosed on back in the mid 2000s was because they buried their head in the sand and just did nothing, which is the absolute worst thing you could do. So, I mean, number one, people need an expert, which should be us, right? If you're listening to this show, 
you are a real estate professional most likely, you want to be that resource to help your clients to explore these options, to realize like, no, Mr. And Mrs. Client, you're not gonna get foreclosed on. In fact, we have some really good options, one of which is to sell the home and put a few hundred thousand dollars tax-free in your pockets. So you wanna position yourself as an expert, which is probably where we were headed with this. Um, you wanna position yourself as the expert that actually understands these, uh, you know, what the situation is and what the different solutions are that are available to people. Maybe you even market yourself as somebody who can help, right? Hey, maybe you actually now we're on step two. <laughs> maybe you actually run a marketing campaign that says like forbearance ending, call me to explore your options. Like that might be a decent marketing piece or some, you know, variation thereof. Um, because people are gonna freak out, right? Like it's scary. Letters from banks, nobody wants any letters from banks. Or the only thing you ever IRS. want from the bank is a statement. Anything else that comes freaks you out when you no, get something from the bank. I get checks bank. from the bank. Yeah. When people do direct pay through their bank, yeah. check comes in the mail. I like that. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, but more often than not, you get that letter, especially if you haven't paid your mortgage in 18 months, you get a letter from the bank. You're like, oh, shit, I don't want to open this. You get, mm -hmm. you freak out. Um, so, yeah, the people are going to need experts that can help walk them through you know, the different situations and, and solutions. So next I want to talk about kind of your past clients. So I, I think we cover that really well as in the first section as well of if you have, it, you if you know of people that have, because your past clients, you've stayed in touch with them, obviously. You had quarterly conversations. You're probably good friends with a lot of your past clients. You know what's going on in their life. They'll talk to you about things. So if they, you know they're in forbearance, you can have this conversation with them next time you guys get together. Hey, by the way, I know you did forbearance for a couple months. Are you still on that? And kind of explain that situation. Um but let's talk about some of the marketing we can do to our past clients, what that would look like. Um, yeah, what, what that would look like. Is it a one-off text? Is it an email campaign? What does that look like? Yeah, uh, so I'm a huge fan of kind of priming the pump. And what I mean by that is getting some things out to a client before I call a client so that my call doesn't come out of left field. So some of the things you could do to prime the pump to get your clients prepared for you to call them would be sending a mail piece, right? Whether that be a long form letter, whether that be a postcard or, you know, whatever creative thing you can come up with might be a good idea to send something like that. So at least it's getting on their radar. Um, next thing you could do is you could send an email. Uh, I would recommend when you send that email that it have a video explaining some of these solutions to them in a video. Um, so you could send that out. You could post a video on social and, and you could retarget your clients to make sure that they see that video. So, and with the video, I want to talk about two different uh, tools that you can use that can really prime that pump for the follow-up, uh, both that we use. One is viral marketing. So that way you can send out the video, uh, basically talking about what Kyle did in the first five or six minutes of this episode, talking about what forbearance is, what are some of your options. Um, and you can send it to them via viral. And if they clicked on a link, you, they'll actually send you a notification, viral marketing will, of saying, these are the people that I actually clicked on links. So you can send that to your past clients. You can see they clicked on it. And that's a very good indication. They received the email. They opened the email. They read the email. They clicked on the link for more information. Um, and another way to do that is with BombBomb. So same type of thing. Um, you can see who clicked, who watched your videos, all that sort of stuff. So before you get ready to call them, um, or text them or see them at the next barbecue, you know that they've seen that content. Um, so I just wanted to give some, some tools in there 
before we go into Facebook and uploading to your past clients and that sort of stuff. Cool. Yeah. So that's, that was where I was going to go next is just retargeting. Ideally, as you start to progress in your marketing um, prowess is that you want to have a custom audience inside of Facebook, which also includes Instagram with all of your past clients in it. And you want to be able to get messages through to them, not only via hard mail or email, but also through retargeting. You just want to make sure that when they are scrolling their feed, this video or this post of yours is gonna be in that feed. And so one of the ways to do that is to create a custom audience with all of those past clients, which effectively just means take your an export from whatever your CRM is or your database, and then you just import that into Facebook. Facebook will search it and say, hey, we found you know, 192 people. They won't tell you the number anymore. It won't tell you. Okay. It will tell you if it's under a hundred, right? Yes. Okay. So it's gotta be at least, they gotta be able to find at least a hundred people out of this list that you upload. So I would recommend you not only send this to your past clients, but your leads too. I mean, literally everybody in your database should be a custom audience in Facebook. So that way you'll have, you should have more than a hundred. Hopefully you have at least a hundred leads in your database. So you just put that whole list, take it out of your CRM or your, your database, import it into uh, Facebook, Facebook will say, all right, cool. It's over a hundred. It's not gonna tell you how many, but then now you have that custom audience and then you can build an ad with your video and make sure that it's targeting that specific list of people, um, which could be really valuable. Mm -hmm. So those would be the three ways I would like to get it out to my clients before I call them priming the pump. Now, when I call them, probably going to have a conversation where they've actually seen at least one, if not all three of those different messages. Now, when we can have a conversation, it's not coming out of left field. The pump is primed. They're ready for it. And we're going to have a better conversation. Cool. Um, now, so that's our current or our past clients, current and past clients. What do we do um, to, to potential future clients? Is there a way you can get a list of homes that are, on forbearance and mail to them specifically or I haven't found a way to get that list if somebody knows how to get that list shoot me a DM on Instagram at Kyle whistle I would love to know how to get a list of people in forbearance. solid right that list would be gold um, there's ways to get list of people who are in default which again this is gonna vary greatly based on your state or country um, your country. I, mean, I don't think Canada even lets anyone know. Hey, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I don't think, I, I don't know how to answer this for the entire country, but I can answer for California and California. Typically, once you go 90 plus days late, you're going to get a notice of default, which is a publicly recorded document. It's kind of the start of the foreclosure process. There's still another four plus months that go after that. So, you know, one thing you could do is get a list of notices of default, which is people who haven't paid in three plus months and you could target them. Um, but then you could go a level deeper. Those are free. You can get that from like your title company. Um, but then there are paid companies, list building companies that can get you list of people who are like uh, 60 or 90 days late that haven't received a notice of default. So those so are going to pay for those, but you're going to get to them before everybody else does because most people are going to wait for it the notice of default to get filed because that's free. So they'll wait. The problem is once that notice of default gets filed, you're not the only one. A lot of people are you know, going to hit the notices of default, but if you can hit them at 60 and 90 days, now you're probably the only person. So it's worth spending, in my opinion, it's worth spending a little bit more money and hitting them when they're 60 to 90 days late, as opposed to notice of default. But I wouldn't just hit, if I'm marketing people I don't know, 
it's going to take me longer to get a response where my existing, which is why we always start with our existing database. We already have a relationship where they know, like, and trust us. I can't hit a, an audience that's not prime, that's never met me. It's going to take a few hits before they're going to be like, oh, they don't even notice the first piece. Then they get a second and they're like, I, th I think I've seen this person before. And they get a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh piece. Like, okay, okay, I'll call you. And so what's cool, if you could start hitting them when they're, you know, 60 to 90 days late, they've seen your piece multiple times. And I would be sending them like once a week at this point. I'm going to hit them pretty heavily. Um, now, by the time they get the notice of default, which is like the formal starting of the foreclosure process in California, they're freaked the hell out. You've already hit them multiple times. Now they're going to, who are they going to hit? The person who just sent them the first piece or you who's already sent them four or five pieces? They're going to go back to the person they've been seeing consistently oh, that guy could probably help me, and they're going to call you. Cool. Um, anything else that you have for? I think that's good. I think that's I think good. We could wrap that. I think we did. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, hopefully you guys got some value out of that. If you did, make sure to give us a uh, thumbs up and hit the subscribe button and notification bell if you're watching us on YouTube. If you're listening on a podcast platform, make sure to hook us up the review on there. Those go a really long way for us. Uh, we're going to dive into our widget of the week here in a minute, but before we do... Um, if you have a question you want to have us answer on a future episode of the show, you can go to thewhistleway.com. You can ask us questions on there, subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel, join our referral network and our email newsletter, and get the details on our Media Mayor Mastermind video course, which will teach you everything you need to know about crushing it with video in your market. Go to thewhistleway.com. All right, Brian, what's your widget? My widget is based on a new update in Adobe Premiere. So if you are a video editor or if you have a video editor um, or if you know a video editor that uses Adobe Premiere, share them, share this clip with them. Um, but it has a new option to automatically transcribe your video for you. Um, just like YouTube does, just like Facebook does, now you can do it in Adobe Premiere and it does a decent job at it. We've always used rev.com for this because they, they um, have the punctuation correctly, especially if you have multiple people. Um, rev.com is amazing but I'm just trying to do it with some simple videos one minute videos uh, and that I want to actually burn the caption onto the video and I'm able to do it in Adobe Premiere free fairly quickly um, and gives me some cool options so make sure you update that if you do it's another work they call it a workspace you'll see it at the top it's called their captions workspace you transcribe the audio and then you can add it as captions it's pretty decent cool um, we'll continue on this trend of smart homes because we've been doing a lot of conversations about smart homes lately. Um, and the, the system that everybody thinks about when they think about like a connected home with audio is they always think about Sonos, which Sonos definitely came in and changed the game. Um, and they were first to market. They did a great job marketing. Um, but I don't think Sonos is really the best product anymore because some of the uh, tried and true audio companies that have been in the game for a long time have stepped up their game and started to integrate smart home technology with high quality because in my opinion, Sonos are not the best sounding speakers. They're not the best amps. They're not the best looking um, anything about them. Um, so <laughs> they just worked. They just, they were first, they were first to the game. Um, so I used to work in audio video. That's what I did before real estate. And I still have buddies who are still in that space and own their own companies are doing very, very well. And so they introduced me to Yamaha music cast which functions very, very similarly to Sonos, but it's just a 
whole lot better. Um, so if you're, you are buying a new home or you have clients buying new homes and they're looking for smart uh, audio video systems, I would encourage them to check out Yamaha MusicCast. Uh, it's a very cool system, very easy to use, very easy to have you know one thing playing in one room and something else playing in another and independent volume controls and you could have so, you know Spotify playing here and TV playing there. It's a cool system. Um, so that's what we decked out our new house with and they were able to integrate it with all the existing speakers that were in the home so we didn't that's have to great. replace it all. So it's a cool system um, and I've been very, very happy with this. So it's Yamaha MusicCast and they make receivers, they make sound bars. And make all the things. Yeah, and Yamaha, Yamaha is known as, as an audio company. They've been in the audio video space for a long, long time. Yeah. So you're getting high quality, you know, products with new school technology. Um, makes a very, very good marriage. Cool. Awesome. Well, hopefully, you got a lot of value out of the show today. I want to thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Whistle Way Podcast. See you next week. <laughs>